Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome and enjoy the show. So here we are. Pat and Bill are back this week. And oh man, so, I keep forgetting about the, I keep forgetting about the lack of intro that we do now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like you just started talking. You just told everybody to welcome and enjoy the show. You know, yeah. you don't, you know, you, so you got to play it out. Remember, well, I think we need to play it every time and like get ourselves in the mood. You know? I, I asked you that, and you kind of looked at me like, "Why would you do a thing like that?" Oh, well, I'm down to do it. You know, but anyway, so we're going to talk invasive species again this week and next week, Pat, and that's it. Or are we going to do a week after that too? Um. We'll see what the mood is. Next week's going to be the big one. Next week, we're going to hit zebra mussels and Asian carp. This week, we got a couple other small ones just to keep interest up, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, tell me about your week. Anything happen? Anything good? I just work. Yeah. I was on overtime all week. I just got off work about 40 minutes ago. Yeah. I was surprised you weren't taking your afternoon nap when I, uh, your Saturday afternoon nap. I'll be honest. I was, I was getting prepared. I was getting in the mental state to do it, but. You'll do it now after this? Honestly, probably not. It'll be past napping time. Uh, that was a big thing. In our early 20s, remember that? Yeah, getting off at noon, 11 o'clock. And we go yeah. home and take our Saturday afternoon nap. But most of the time, we were out drinking on Friday night. Yeah, take and, a nice three-hour nap, wake up. All right, let's go get a burger and a beer. Yeah. I remember being out till like 5 in the morning and then just sleeping an hour going to work. Oh. I don't miss that. No. I, really, I, don't. I, I don't miss that. But looking back at it, you're like, how, how did I work the next day? Like, how was I functioning? I know. You know? So after this, we're going to go do some ice fishing. I think Dad's gonna show. I texted him. He sounded interested. Yeah, Do you want to claim that you're hungover at five? Take a nap. What's that, Pat? I said you can't claim that you're hungover at five. What do you mean? L- last last week, Dad was hungover. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna do that, and then possibly tomorrow morning we might be. Are you are you gonna fish the lakefront if we do that? Did you see the picture Phil sent? Yeah, I I, I want to. I just don't know what day. The girlfriend's got planned, so yeah, I gotta. I, I haven't heard back from him. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. He sent some pictures of some shanties out on Lake Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's a private. The ones he saw was on a private harbor, and it's like, well, those guys might be harbor members or whatever. Yeah, you know? right. And he said it's gated because they give you the code for the gate. Yep. And so I, I was just curious if like Montrose was open. Yeah, I don't you know. Can, uh, you know, diversity, uh, diversity maybe, but uh, Montrose I like. Burnham I would like to go to. And there's a couple of those harbors down there I'd like to. I, I just don't know how to do it. I'm just not a downtown Chicago guy. Yeah, right, you know? especially for ice fishing. Yeah, it's parking, ice fishing, laws, and what you can do, what you can't do. And I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of ice. Wherever there's ice, there's going to be plenty of it. We've had some cold weather. Oh, yeah. You know? I just, remember Dad did used to dig us up and see if there were any harbors and stuff open to go ice fishing. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, remember there was a tugboat busting it all up. Yeah, I do remember that. So did any of you guys see the picture? You saw the picture of me yesterday embarrassing Cal, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, with the snowshoes. Did, did you see it, Pat? No. Oh, so uh, Cal, Cal thinks I'm the she married the crazy guy in the neighborhood because I like to snow rake. After we get like more than four, five, six inches of snow, I like to snow rake. I got to do that this afternoon anyway. Are you doing it? Yeah. yeah so we do it, Pat, cause just to prevent ice damming. I know I have ice and water shields since I put the roof on and all that, but you know why exercise it? So I get out there and I take the first three, four feet off at the snow rake, but I decided to do it in my brand-new snowshoes. 
and really make a scene out there for the neighbors. So I'm stomping around out there in deep snow and snowshoes on roof raking. I see nothing wrong with this at yeah, all. I agree. And then did you see the people that commented? My uncle? And yeah. The, the, they do it all the time. My buddy that retired, he says, I do it every year. You know? I, never, I didn't even know about a snow rake until last year when I had some heavy ice damming. And like, remember when we got that insane amount of snow? Yeah. And you're well, like, hey, I got a snow rake. What? What's that? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, that happened to me. I learned about it because Claude, he was getting rain in his living room. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I got to get a snow rake. And I'm like, what? He says, you want to borrow it? And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. I bought the plastic one. They make the aluminum one. Which one did you get? I just got the plastic one. I just, the aluminum one, you feel like you're scraping all the granules off your <laughs> roof shingles, you know? Scraping your shingles off. I know they make them with little rollers on there, but I didn't, I just bought the, the, the plastic one does me fine. I don't even have, I don't have that much roof. I don't have a big house to really yeah. exercise it, so. You, you might use it once a year. I don't need some expensive roof rake can you speaking of snow up? oh there he is speaking of snow um i put a plow on my tractor oh yeah yeah did you yeah did it's you get it to sweet. fit down the sidewalk no even turning it no even turning it doesn't i say just, just get rid of that grass then you know you're just chewing up some it, it's whatever and there's so many choppy spots in the sidewalk that it, it don't matter but uh that thing pushes really well with all that snow bush like billy was uh running around snow blowing he even did my neighbors for a little bit i did i got her Got her end of her driveway. Then the plows pushed it all back in. So. See, I've often wondered that if my neighbor thinks that I'm a complete butthole because I don't do his land or I don't do his driveway. You know, uh, he's, he's a million years old and he's a complete pain in the PA. I, see, with uh, my old neighbors, I look and they got a snowblower. I'm over here shoveling. They can handle it, you know. He's a PETA. That's what I was thinking about. He's a PETA. PETA. Yeah. But I even, uh, Kel's got some pictures of me. She caught me. She, she was gone. I was cutting the doodle trails. You know, yeah, and she caught me in the middle of it. I was adding more the second day when I did our driveways, yep. like the end of the driveways. So I appreciate I like, you doing that. Oh yeah, so I, I, uh, I went in the backyard. I'm like, I'm gonna cut him a few more wandering trails, you know, because mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't know my little dog, he's little and doesn't like deep snow. So I, I always shovel. I used to shovel, but now we got the snowblower, and so I cut out these little paths so he can walk and not be belly deep everywhere he goes. Yeah, they're asleep underneath the uh, the old podcast table right now. How'd you get the snowblower back here, by the way? Did you walk it? No. So what I ended up doing, I towed it. I hooked it to the ball on my truck and just idled all the way back and towed it all the way back. Really? Yeah. It really? works. You guys couldn't walk that? I Well, I did Jim snow. Uh, I did mine after the initial snowfall, and then Jim picked it up over here after he was he went to the gym because we had a snow day on Wednesday. Yeah, they got called off for work. Yeah, we got called off. So uh, We get more work. Yeah. yeah it's just busier for us yeah. you know we get way more work but uh so yeah then jim came over we picked it up and then after he went to work i went back over there at like what was it four or five and yeah we i was did at work it, already because we still had another couple inches come down and then yeah i walked it all the way back to my house and i was definitely the stooge walking a uh so self- I, self- I threw self- a strap around like the center part of the handlebars and then i went around underneath the uh the ball on my hitch okay and it was just enough to keep it propped up a little bit and i just idled all the way home nice and it yeah and it worked so i think that's how i'll do it from now on yeah you know uh i tried lifting it that son of a bitch is heavy it's yeah it's a two-man lift for sure that's got i would either what do you think that is 300 pounds every bit of it and it's awkward too it's not like lifting up like a barbell yeah, you know it's, I mean, if it was a barbell i'd have no problem getting in the back of my truck yeah sharp edges and i just, just sit on top of mine and <laughs> <laughs> so anyway should we get into the news absolutely yeah, let's do it i'll, I'll start with uh, michigan 
Go for it. Uh, Michigan, I've actually got two stories for Michigan. Let's start with the smaller one first. Remember how we were talking about, well, I mean, we're talking about invasive, in space, invasive species this week. Wow. Invasive species. In, in spa- <laughs> 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 but uh, there is a volunteer group right now in Michigan that is doing a uh, plant removal from February 12th. I'm sorry. It is February 12th, 26th, and 26th at 10 a.m. Um Anyone interested? Did you just say February 26th and 26th? No, I said February 12th and 26th. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Um, yeah, but th- that's a little smaller one. Go look it up. That that one's on ABC7. I'll send you that one, but I thought it was interesting just because we were talking about invasive species Plant plants removal. last year. But uh, also, Michigan is expanding the bobcat hunt because populations have stabilized. And... Uh, do they give any numbers of the population? No. Um, at least not in this article. This one's from Fox 2. Um, sound like I'm on Independence Day. but uh, <laughs> From Fox 2 News. So, yeah. Remember they, that? What he's talking about? What Fox knew? Or Fox 2? I uh, haven't Indi- seen it. In, in, oh, in Independence Day. Eagle 1. Yeah, Eagle Fox 1. Fox 2. And they'd launch a rocket at the spaceship and it wouldn't do anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, boys. I'm uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. They're, they're going to... Uh, Expand the hunt to 20 days. You can. There's like a period that's early that you can trap, and then there's a period that's late that you can hunt. And you'd be surprised at what it is. So it's December to February to trap, and then January to March to hunt. So hmm. if you're wow, out that's there, a that's a long season. Yeah, right. I mean, you could get bobcat if you if you were a trapper and a hunter. That uh, that's a long season for you. I didn't even know that there was a bobcat hunting sp- uh, season. I thought they were purely endangered. So, um, do they yeah. say how many you can possess or anything? Like how much, if one guy was a trapper and a hunter, what can he possess through the whole season? Th- this is j- purely an article about them. Um, just expanding the season, just expanding the season. I, I'm, I'd be curious. Like, can you, ha- I mean, can you go out every day and catch a bobcat or is it like a tag where you only get one or two of them a year? You know? Uh, and one common thing to watch out for, if you do want to do the bobcat hunt, there have been cougar sightings in, uh, the UP and, uh, yeah, pretty much just the UP. But um, they they aren't like extremely similar. But I can imagine being a hundred yards away from one and totally mistaking it. So that's the mama cat. Yeah. No, they're like you know cougars are something a little bit crazier than bobcats. I'm pretty sure they're a lot bigger. So. Yeah, they are. They're huge. But what you got for one of your states there? I'm going to start with Wisconsin. I went back to my old system where I'm just going to kind of paraphrase everything I read. But this is from Madison.com. The article is conservation groups. Weary to ease sale on public lands. So they these lawmakers are trying to make it easier to sell off public lands that were bought through the Knowles-Nelson stewardship. Remember, we talked about that for something on one of these uh, news articles, Pat? Yeah. And this would allow the sale of uh, public-owned lands that were bought through that. It was uh, that... Knowles Nelson's been around since 1989 and has preserved 800,000 acres. Uh, current law prevents any sale within approval from DNR. Could be sold to private as long as the grants are repaid. So I guess you'd have to pay back into the Knowles Nelson, whatever they put into it. Since it's no longer for public use, you got to pay back into it if you were the private buyer. Uh, there's a group called Gathering Waters. It's made up of 40 different private land trusts. Says that it undermines... My writing sucks. It undermines this incredibly popular conservation program there's and there's people going for and against it so there's six the people for it there's 600 or six million acres 
of public ground in Wisconsin. And this only affects the 800,000. And it's not like they're selling off the entire 800,000. It's just potentially 800,000 they can sell off. It is said that this helps landowners sell burdensome land. So they were going on to saying that somebody may have invested into it 25 years ago. And now it's worth 25 times the amount they had. They're too old to take care of it. They don't want to take care of it. Life changes and they want to sell it. So, and they, they, I guess they can't pawn it off to the government. So they need to sell it to a private owner because I guess they, they, they're kind of like a part owner in it. So they're saying that this will relieve people that don't want their land anymore. That's responsible for it. And some people will now use the Knowles Nelson as a low interest loan they're saying so you can actually go in and be like a land trust owner or whatever they call it and use their money to buy land and then in a few years sell it all with the you know hiding your intentions of oh we're gonna make this a public ground accessible and but we're actually just doing this to put no money in and get a lot of money out of it so that's what they're worried about people abusing the Knowles nelson stewardship program and you know they're going to i mean people abuse everything you I'm know. sure they're gonna they're gonna cap something on it, but yeah. So that's that. That's for Wisconsin. Yeah. So for Indiana, and you knew it when I mentioned it earlier, but one of the lesser known Hoosier fish is the Cisco. But uh, yeah, it's a common bait fish for a lot of big fish. Yeah, but I mean, uh, they even named like the Cisco, Cisco kid. kid. Yeah, the musky lure. So the DNR is researching in this is in Indiana this comes from uh, Wayne 15 one of my favorite Indiana site but anyway uh, they're researching the, the decline of the Cisco population now uh, in northern Indiana there were 40 lakes okay let me rephrase that 50 years ago there were 40 lakes that held uh, like good populations at the Cisco now there's just seven do they did they give any numbers on what a like how much would be in a lake? No, but I, I want to say, do you know anything about ciscos? Talk about species? Mm, no, not really. I want to say it's like a guppy. When they get in, there's a lot of them. Yeah, you right. Know? But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, these are very temperamental, cold water fish. Yeah, but I, I want to say they they repopulate quickly. Um, but these are these are meant to live in the waters of glacier runoffs. So they they need you know super clean water. So they contribute the yeah, like trout. Yeah. Um. They believe that the result of the loss is cold water habitat um, is starting to disappear. Not not disappear, but uh, there's a lot of runoff that comes from uh, like farm fields and stuff like that. And they say, I, I don't know if they worded this wrong in the article, but they say it's more nutrient rich than it's ever been. But you would think that would boast a better population. Yeah. Or maybe it's squeezing them out because other populations are growing or whatever. Yeah, but... But uh, another farming-related decline is uh, probably what's happening with the Cisco. But, uh, yeah, they're researching it. And I, it's just good that they post articles like this because I didn't know too much about the Cisco. I have heard of it before, but it's it's important, man. You know, every native species that was big is important. Yeah. What you got? So I was originally going to report on one, but I'm going to do this other one because it's kind of environmental. But the first one, I'm going to put it on the articles on the website anyway. But uh, Illinois just uh, announced 15 Illinois sites, and it says including in five in Cook County, but I don't really care about that. But they've been added to the National Register of Historic Places, and there was one in Shabanaugh. It's a, it's a hotel in Shabanaugh that was built in like the 1800s. But the other one, the one I'm actually going to report on here, this is from fox32.com. Um, or no, I'm sorry. This one is from uh, IllinoisKOEL.com. And it says DNR gives an update for Great Gas Leak in Hardin County. 
I did not look up where that was in the county. But DNR was contacted on a 7,500-gallon oil spill in Aldura of a farm supply shop. So I guess it sounds like they have a gas station out front. And underwater tanks leaked. It's a 10,000-gallon tank, and 7,500 gallons got out. And there's different systems in place to alert and catch the leaks that nothing worked. So it must be an old system in the ground. So the crews were working on this cleanup for over a week, and they're saying that the soil is being sent to a landfill, and uh, they are cleaning up gas as they find it. So wow. that's all I really had in Illinois. Other, than, I was going to do this 15 Illinois sites, but I did not want to like read 15 different stories behind a building. So, right. But that is going to be on a website. My, the cool one I thought was in Shabana. That is cool. Um, From the 1800s, you said? Yeah, I think. Here, let me. Uh, I got it right here. But there was one, I mean, there's here's one in Rockford, Princeton, Shabanaugh. As the only hotel in the village of Shabanaugh, the Shabanaugh Hotel played a vital role in the community's commercial history. The hotel was completed in 1899, so yeah. Wow. And built by a local builder, John Swanson, and his son, Joseph. Over the years, it has provided lodging and space for offices, meeting rooms, dining, and entertaining for merchants, guests, travelers, railroad men, which I thought it was interesting because a lot of these Illinois towns and all over, when you look around, there's no water, there's no river. What? Why is there a town here? Most of it's farming with the railroad. Yep. Uh, the property continued to use as a hotel until 1938 when it was converted into apartments. So Shabana is kind of close to the heart for us, so that's why I thought that one was cool. That is cool. That's Is that it for the news? Yeah, we, we ran right through four of them. You know, that's fine. That's fine. I I do have an update. I will get into it after the segments here. I do have an update from something else, too. I think I have it up here. Um, Anyway, you want to go into Bush like Billy? Yeah. You said you didn't have you haven't really done any cooking. I know they turned on your overtime. Yeah, they turned on the overtime button. And um, obviously with the snow and everything, I haven't had a chance to actually make anything this week. However, tomorrow, actually today, I'm going to start a uh, brine for a pork belly that I bought today. I got a meat problem. I say it all the time. I got a meat problem. I don't problem. think you have a meat problem. I'm just going out. No, you know what? <laughs> you're, you're curious about what you can do with. I think you're perfecting your more craft. types of things. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I can't pass up a Everybody good sale on a, on a pork belly. But no, I'm going to be preparing a brine for a pork belly. It's going to be like probably a 10 to 12 day brine. So not next week, but the week after, I'll have the results of the bacon on that. Um. I did buy a whole chicken today. I'm going to try something. I've seen it online a bunch, um, but I've never actually tried it called a beer can chicken. Basically like half a beer and you kind of stand up the chicken. You put the beer can or the chicken carcass over the half a beer can. And you just throw it on the grill and let it let it go for you know however long. But I saw some videos on that. I'm going to give that a shot tomorrow. I'm trying to eat healthy. I was actually good this week. I actually made all salads and the chicken that I smoked last weekend. That's what I've been eating for lunch. And you, you were the first one in line to join the gym this week, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Liar. Um, Liar. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's so, a better day. And when you ask them tomorrow, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Trust me, folks. No, I, I, like I said, it's, they turned on the overtime button. I just got off work about 45 minutes ago, like I said. So, um, I'll have, I know they're I'll, big on working Saturdays. Yeah, though. they're they're real big on working Saturdays. I'll Which, definitely have more content for you next week for sure. Oh, I get it. I mean, when you when a company makes you work Saturday, you have one day now to recoup. Right. I know? got off work. I went and did my grocery shopping, and then you said, "Hey, come on over." Okay. So is that uh, all you got? That's all I got for this week, Jim. I'll uh, I'll be back next week with plenty more. Oh, I appreciate you sitting in on a conversation. Right, uh, Pat? Just, 
Pat, yeah. Pat's over there doing all this research you're supposed to do through the week. Oh, you guys. So, all right, well, we're going to move into Kelsey's corner. And I'm thinking she's, if not, you're going to hear another ad from New Lenox Fly Fishing. I'm not sure if Kel's going to have time either because she's been working a ton. Yeah. Um, I did just find out for work, me and her are going to go to Houston in May. Really? Yeah. For how long? Just two days. She's got a bunch of conferences for critical care. She's really big into the critical care, keeping up on it and being the best at it. So That'll be cool. She wants to travel and do some critical care stuff. So, yeah, that will be cool. I've never been to Texas. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, here is Kelsey's Corner. Welcome to Kelsey's Corner. Hey, so what do you think of this brand new table you're sitting at? Do you like it or no? I do like it. I'm not an epoxy person. Um, this just looks wet to me. But uh, Pat said it looked wet too, but I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't decided on this. I, Pat and Bill liked it. There's like a little shelf in the middle of the table, which is what he's pointing. But at. I mean, what else would you, what else would you clamp these to? Yeah, that's true. I think it's necessary. No, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I got some ideas to get rid of it if we don't like it. Yeah. But anyway, you anyway, have a project of your nice. own. Yeah, I am. So right now, his podcast studio is in the basement, which is his man cave. But I have taken up a little bit of space in the man cave by my workout studio. So we have this like spare bedroom, pretty much, that we had a bed attached or bed in it. It has a bathroom. Um, Pretty much it was just like a storage area. We just threw like random stuff in there. Never really used it. Never used that bed. So we got rid of it and I am converting it into my workout area. Yes, you are. In fact, I woke up yesterday not with the intentions of painting, but I ended up painting the whole day before work. He did a first coat. I did the second coat and all the touching up. Um, So the walls were... I'm sorry, but the first coat is the hard coat and you know it. That's true. You got to cover everything. Um, We use... I just use leftover paint from our bathroom upstairs because I was trying not to buy any paint. I had to buy some anyway just because we used up the whole thing that we had. Um, so I just used some leftover paint, painted the walls. It's like a like a blue-gray. In our bathroom, it looks more gray, but down here it looks more blue. Um, and then the floor, it was like this... Oh, my God. What style like, is that? Like uh, the 70s or something? No, but, I mean, it's it was a wood pattern and squares with uh, 45s coming off the corners. And she didn't like it. I thought it, it looked ugly. okay. But it was just a vinyl stick-down floor over the concrete because, you know, that we'd never put real flooring down here just no. in case. Totally ugly. So I actually used, um, the first time I'm using them, they are peel and stick vinyl tiles. And I picked... All girly, of course. It is. It's cute. I picked like a fun pattern. Um, I was between this pattern and like another pattern, but this pattern is just something fun. And I'm actually going to be stenciling the guest bathroom in the pattern I almost picked. So I didn't pick that pattern because I didn't want too much of that pattern. So this is just like a fun, like farmhousey, fun pattern on the floor. So I'm finishing that up today, and then I'm gonna start moving everything in. I got floor, I got um, mirror tiles to make like a mirror wall, so I can like check my form, and then eventually I will go shopping for a wall-mounted TV. It's on my to-do list. So pretty much you're doing flooring. You already have those. Uh tile things over here these foam mats yeah i got foam mats that i'll put on over this tile and then we, we might invest in an exercise bike because you yeah. and me both want one we do i want the beach body one because it has programs on it i so. want the rogue echo well you can use mine so the rogue so. no we should you should look at the echo the i echo know bike. but like so the beach body one's nice because it has they have the programs i do anyway so nah, i'm not worried about that i am so but yeah a little exercise bike area um i have a dresser in there that i put like just random things in like candles and stuff but it'll all be set up it's kind of a like a bigger room so it'll be nice i was going to use it for my weight room 
But then I was showing you, like, if you take the tape measure and put it in or a barbell, you got like an inch on each side. Yeah. I don't use barbells. I just use weights and like cardio stuff. So I don't really need like. Yeah, so that room went unused again. So yeah. yeah. So you're just creating a little workout creating space. Creating a little workout space. Um, eventually, I'm going to just redo the bathroom a bit just to freshen up and brighten it up in there. So that's on the to-do list after this is done because I want this all finished hopefully by today because I want to try to work out tomorrow morning before working it just so I can use it. Oh, you think you're going to have all this moved? Uh, it's my goal today. Yeah, I have to meal prep uh, two vegetarian meals for you. Yep. I got to go see um, two friends. So it's a busy day. Yep. Yep. I did five miles on the treadmill this morning. Oh, well, I did 40 minutes of cardio already. Nice. So. Nice. But yeah, just a very simple room refresh. Um, it didn't cost a lot of money. Um, the peel and stick tiles are really easy. I just vacuumed and swiffered the floor. Where'd you get them? Amazon. So Amazon. Oh, really? I yeah. Think, okay. No, Amazon had them. I ordered them yesterday morning. They came at like five o'clock at night. I only ordered a couple boxes because I didn't know how many tiles were in each. And they said like, oh, 10 tiles, but I didn't measure very well. So I only ordered a couple. And then last night I ordered some more and they came like, I don't know, they dropped them off at like four in the morning this morning. So I woke up to them. Um, so they were super easy. They had a ton to choose from. These actually got pretty good reviews too, so um, they're super, super easy to use. You don't need grout. You don't need anything fancy. You just literally peel the sticker off, put them down, and I just kind of stomp on them a little bit. So. Yeah, in three to five years, they'll all be peeled and cracked, you know? Oh, well, I mean, hey, I don't care. It's super cheap. It's better than putting down tile flooring, but they're super cheap, super affordable, so. So that's your little tip for the week? That's my little tip for the week, just a simple room refresh if you want to add some character I'm hoping if I have some extra tiles, I'm going to put them down by the end of the stairs just to add some spice over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think they're cute. So. All right, well, thanks. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to get back into the invasive species. But first, would you mind if I start with an update about an old news article, Pat? Go for it. I've actually got a few uh, corrections I'd like to do myself. Um, this one's from the Enbridge Line 5. Did you listen to that podcast about the oil thing going through... Uh, so it turns out, it's, first of all, the Line 5 thing I reported on is not oil, it's propane. And there was a 10-hour hearing on Thursday and 140 people speaking against the pipeline. And let me see here. I got the article. So I found this article when I was looking for other articles. And I thought I would just do an update instead of making it another news article. So they're saying, four, Line 5 is vital to Wisconsin's economic future. And when I was reading that, they were saying because propane is so expensive – up there everyone i shouldn't say everyone but a lot of people fired their houses through the winter on uh propane and they're saying this will make it more accessible cheaper all that you know right and other people are saying no you're going to destroy um you're going to destroy waterways and things like that and but i just want to do i just it's not really an update i guess i just wanted to uh update that the fact that this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger they want line five shut down completely they don't even want to reroute they want it done they say it's an outdated line that is waiting to cause catastrophe in northern wisconsin so but see then here according to enbridge line five transports up to five hundred and forty thousand barrels of crude oil synthetic crude and natural gas liquids per day so i i guess i don't understand pipelines because there's three different so it says five hundred forty thousand barrels of crude oil comma Synthetic crude and natural gas liquids per day. Some of these materials are then refined into propane. But I pretty much I just wanted to update on the fact that it's it's becoming a fight in northern Wisconsin more and more. I just didn't report on it for, for the news articles, but it is still very much uh, in the news and it is a story. It's good that people are speaking out against it. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's still relevant is what you're saying. Yeah. The one thing, the only the reason why I can see myself being in for it is it, if it's going to bankrupt people that live there because they can't afford propane. Right. I guess there's got to, I think they're just kind of leveraging it. And once again, they threw out, when I was reading through this article, they threw out uh, jobs. Yeah. And they're economy, always going to throw that out there. You know, and it would create this and create that. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to tug on the heartstrings with that. But I'm still not completely buying that. But I could definitely see when you get into remote northern Wisconsin, into Minnesota, into Canada, people needing their propane for sure. But I, I'm not buying the fact. What do they do now? Right. You know, it's a give and take. It's you know. And uh, is it that? I just don't find it. I could see them raising the prices just to say, well, we have to do this since we can't have our line now, just to kind of throw it back at the government. Right. Anyway, uh, one quick update. A while ago. Dan was actually the one who brought this to my attention. Um, we did a story on like a gator getting loose, I think, in Indiana. Yeah. But then yep. we started talking about Chance the Snapper. Yeah. And I said, I think he got out of Lincoln Park Zoo. No, somebody released him. That's what I said on that podcast, didn't I? Yeah. So. I thought so. I thought somebody just released Just making it. that clear. Just, just kind of being a joke. I thought you said you had a bunch of updates. Do so you got any more? Or? No, I kind of. No. The, the other one, I think we did do an update on. Though. We were talking about. Dan was saying there was a shark and you know some quarry in Mantino. It's actually a paddlefish. Oh, I don't. I don't know if we actually. I heard that rumor once. Yeah. I don't know if we publicly said that on the podcast, but Dan corrected it later when we were looking at things. It's a big paddlefish. Yeah. So the the paddlefish is the one that uh, paddlefish is another prehistoric fish. They're whatever six hundred million years old. They haven't changed. They you get know? huge too. Then, oh, big. Yeah. Big, big, big. And, stuff that's um, stuff that's like super deep like that evolves a lot slower. Yeah. You know, sturgeons. Look at sturgeons. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, you had we, that one that was what is that like seven feet long or something? Seven foot eight and about three hundred and like I think ten pounds is what the guy said. God, yeah. What an experience! You can't yeah. take them out of the water, so it's like impossible to actually get their weight. Yeah, you, you can't take them out of the water. But. Yeah, I'm sure they have just like they do with musky charts. They have like a calculation. Of, this times this equals this many pounds. You know, watching that thing jump out of the water was. Like just an insane sight. You'll never forget that. It, it was like a it was like a kayak made out of lead. That just <laughs> my, it was insane. Whoa, we caught a whale. But anyway, so is that all we have for updates? Um, yeah, I just wanted to keep everybody informed about that line five because it, I guess it it is blowing up to be bigger than what I first reported on. You want to lead us off an invasive species, Pat? Yeah, I I'm gonna start. I'm, I think I'm gonna start slow. So uh, the giant hogweed talked about this one last week. Uh, it gets to be very large, and when you touch it, the sap uh, combined with sunlight and moisture can cause a severe burn within 24 to 48 hours. Like, we're talking poison ivy on steroids, poison oak on steroids. Like, really? this, this one's bad. What kind of steroids? Like, tran? What, whatever. But, uh, uh, plant steroids. To identify this thing, they want you to take up-close, high-resolution photos. Uh, it's very hard to mistake. These things grow up to uh, 14 feet. Wow! Can you believe that, or more? Stay um, away, stay away from this plant, but make sure that you take up close, really yeah. close pictures. Get close <laughs> pictures, document it thoroughly. Let us know how it feels. <laughs> it's, if it burns, that's what it is. Its stem can be two to four inches in diameter. Wow, that's, that's insane. That's girthy, and uh, it has dark reddish purple blotches. Um, can grow up to its leaves can be five feet wide like this thing is huge so wow but thing i'm worried about is what about it like in its infant stage where it is not super huge and easy to identify like right yeah yeah imagine this like two to four inch diameter like 
stems and everything and five foot leaves, I'm gonna be like, okay, I know what that is. It it has a very pronounced. Um, it's it's a very symmetrical plant where the leaves kind of you know I mean all plants kind of are, but like this one specifically looks very cylindrical, like on the top, like where its leaves come out. Let me see. Oh yeah, no kidding. And it's it's got several you know smaller like branches that come out. Uh, the the leaves are very spiny, kind of I guess kind of like the pot plant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stay away from this guy. Did they say if there's a specific area that's being targeted or this? So th- the information I'm getting is actually out of New York State, but it's listed as an invasive species for Michigan. So I'm pretty sure this thing's going to be everywhere. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these ones were just saying kind of for the area. I, I, when I mention something, that means it's been spotted in our four states that we're covering, and it's not like it's everywhere. But it, I'll tell you, since you started with a plant, you want me to go? Yeah, I, I'm not like plants are obviously a big thing, but they're, I'm more interested. Well, I did a, I did a plant, and it's uh, Bill's favorite hot dog ingredients, which is garlic mustard. <laughs> I mean that that sounds delicious, but um, invading hot dog shops all over the country. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, you should see. It's, take a look at this picture. I swear, I that, I did not know if that's what this was, but I can tell you right now that I've seen garlic mustard like everywhere. Yeah, I most certainly have. I've. I see it in Meyer. There's it's uh it's big leaves here. <laughs> so it's uh it's a non native biennial herb that is spread by seed. It is edible for people, but is not eaten by animals or insects. Usually two to three feet tall. They said it can grow up to six uh total. Introduced from Europe as a food source, can grow in shade or sun. So it's like you know super plant. It will grow anywhere, yeah. Shader Sun, one plant can produce 62,000 seeds per square meter. And from what I remember with meters, it's 39 inches is a meter, right? I think it's 39 inches. So I usually go three feet. So, yeah, it's a little bigger than a yard. So, a square yard, 62,000 seeds. So, pretty much what they're saying is they can just take over. They give off a chemical that can prevent other plants from growing. And the lower leaves are kidney-shaped and the leaves feel hairless. So, I don't know. Can, wow. Let me see if I can turn this around for you, Pat. Tell me you haven't seen that like everywhere. Can you see that? Oh man, I have seen that everywhere. Everywhere, I have. Yeah, I did not there might know. be a similar species that. I don't know. I just remember those are some big leaves. I mean, those are like hand-sized leaves, maybe bigger. Yeah, you know. And that's the garlic mustard. So pretty much, when they get in, they can spread their seed and kill all the other stuff. So they just like take over. And so yeah, that is the garlic mustard. Need to get Cal on that if they're edible. She'll start eating them. Yeah, we'll have them in our backyard. Yeah. The whole neighborhood will be infested with these things. And they're so, pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. They're cute. They're they got little. I, the one thing that did not describe, but I'm going to say it here, is what'd you call those little white flowers on top, Bill? Little yeah, white, little white. Yeah, little flowers. Like little white buds on top. You're You've seen it, it. If you look up the garlic mustard and you see the picture, right? It first pops up on Google. You're going to read all the info I just said. And you've seen these. I mean, any if you've been in the woods for more than five minutes, you've seen these. And it, I, I didn't realize they were invasive. I didn't realize they were that common, you know. But, I, yeah, so it is a problem in our, our area. So what do you got, Pat? Uh, I got the Norway rat, which I'm kind of thinking it's just your atypical rat, but maybe not. Um, but the big thing, they, they don't want you to kill a muskrat instead of one of these things because, uh, you know, when they're smaller, they kind of look like muskrats. But these things have long, scaly tails. They grow to be about two to four pounds where a muskrat's probably i don't know what would you say jim three quarter three quarter to a pound maybe yeah um yeah but uh they are good swimmers they're not 
typically like they're not primarily aquatic they're um omnivores so they are i mean like any rat they're op- they're opportunistic animals so i'm not a rat guy I, I don't like rats. Yeah, rats. Uh, Did you see that they're? I, I so I just googled right now, Pat Norway rat, and they're calling it the brown rat. Did you see brown that? Brown rat. No, well, I've got a, I've got a uh, fishing game. Th- this one's out of Alaska, but like you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's everywhere. It's probably like, just another name for them. It's funny. I guarantee you, if Cal saw it, she'd be like, "Oh, it's kind of cute," you know? No, yeah, no. no, I don't but know. No, just long and scaly tail, and uh, they're very, very adaptable. Uh, can live in pretty much any weather. They're, yeah, well, that's any rat. Rats are just, I don't know. I'm not rat. I'm not a rat guy. And no, like, you I'd say be- like, oh, yeah, this, this has got a long, scaly tail. If I'm close enough to be seeing its tail, I'm way too close to this rat. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that critter getting in your house, though? No, I, I have never seen a rat in our neighborhood, ever. No, possums. I did. This, we just saw a possum somewhere. I forget where. Yeah, right. I've seen possums, squirrels, chipmunks. Raccoons every now and then, but no but yeah, rats. Just don't uh, – oh, it, here's the scary part. Uh, its gestation period is 21 days, and a litter can be up to 14. Yeah, they breed like insane. Yeah. Yeah, that can spread. That can spread quick. Yeah, and they, they have a maximum lifespan of about uh, three years, uh, but typically live less than one year because, you know, they eat nothing but crap. Get caught eating by something else. So, yeah, just, just your atypical – I mean – I'm sure this is a specific species of rat, but you know. Yeah, rat. I was when I was first researching all this stuff. I was a Norway rat came up, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, so I added it to the list. Oh, so, and one other interesting thing: they live in uh, a hierarchy. So there's you know like a head rat, king like rat, queen rat, you know. But uh, that's pretty interesting. Kind of like dogs. Did you ever see? Did you ever hear about cute. the rat king? You know what that is? No. This is, um, don't quote me on this. I think I remember, but. Uh, it was so many rats living so close together and their tails get, uh, what would you say, twisted into like a knot. So you have a bunch of rats and their tails are all twisted together and it's called a rat king. No kidding. Look it up. It's gross. Can they still function? No, uh, they end up just, I mean. Dying? Yeah, pretty much because they're all trying to go their separate ways. Rat king? Rat king. Like the king of England. Yeah, rat king. Let's see. So rat king, it just shows, oh, like this. Yeah. There's a cart. Oh, here's an actual picture of it. Yeah. Their tails get all twisted together. Oh, that's no, that's a look at that. Somebody made a thing. I clicked on a one. It's like candy clock? canes. No, it's like a dish. Look at this. Ew, Would you eat that dish? That's <laughs> disgusting. It looks like the rats are made of cookies, and then there's candy canes. That's for a Halloween tails. thing. So Rat King. Uh, let's see. I gotta go back. So I've not. Yeah, look it up on look Wikipedia. Here's a picture of a pile of rats. Yeah, pretty much. That's what there it looks you go. like. Imagine if I put that in your sock drawer. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, we'd probably never <laughs> talk again. Sock drawer. Oh, Rat man. king. Nasty. You want me to go? Yeah, go for it. I, the first one I got here on the list is the northern steak. Let me start that again. Northern steak. <laughs> sounds good. You the hungry? northern snakehead. And I haven't heard about this as much in our area as I did like 20 years ago. But I, So I'm still going to report on it because it's been seen in our area. But there are four species of the snakehead, and there is the northern, the giant, the bullseye, and the blotched snakehead. Hmm. The northern snakehead has succeeded in making breeding populations in the wild. So they were introduced, and you know how, like, for instance, they have, like, the rainbow trout are all stocked. They're not rainbows, but I always say rainbows, but steelhead in the Great Lakes. Now they're coming up with science saying, oh, they have their own breeding population. They're all proud of it. Um, it is a top predator and disrupts the natural aquatic feeding structure. 
So they're saying they're very aggressive, and you put them with bass, you put them with pike, they'll out-compete them for food. The other thing I thought that was uh, interesting is that they can live outside of water for a small amount. Of, so they can travel from pond to pond. I was going to say, I, th- I thought I remember seeing that they can actually, like, almost crawl. Yeah, I think they have – yeah, there's a, they have the ability to crawl from lake to lake. They have to be – somewhat close to water still but they could still be out of water so i mean you could be walking to the lake and see a snakehead yeah that's and these things get big you yeah. know they are native to asia and africa and can be found out of water i said that it is believed they were introduced when aquarium owners discarded their tanks into waterways could have been introduced intentionally as a food source so they were saying i guess hmm. supposedly they're not bad eating and so they're really? thinking people brought them over here to introduce them as a fish to eat and grow here and eat them and all that hmm but they really think the main way they think is that they were some sort of garbage that came into the aquariums and people are like, ah, we're going to get rid of this stuff. So they went and they dumped it in water. Instead of just like, you know, dumping them somewhere and letting them die, yeah. they put them back in water. And so now we, we have a, a actual population of these and they are breeding. And pretty much like if you, if you look, they can survive in hot water. They can survive in cold water. They can survive in dirty. Yeah. They, they're just, they're not going to die. Survive in not water. You know. They're not. They're not going anywhere. Wow, I've seen them. They're nasty looking. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're as ugly as a goby. Yeah. you know, but they're like a big goby. In fact, when the goby showed up in a canal, that's what everyone's like. Oh, that's a snakehead. That's a snakehead. And so we, for a, a little bit there, we when we were kids, we thought gobies were snakeheads. <laughs> Remember that, Pat? Yeah, but then I mean, there's just no mistaking. How you know a goby now? I yeah. mean, they they look like little teardrops with the weirdest looking fins. Yeah. You know, the round head goby, I think is what that one is. So one quick thing, you know how like we're showing you the computer when we Google stuff? Yeah. One idea me and Pat were talking about is when we do have the uh, everything all set up permanently is we were going to get a TV set up on the wall. I got a spare TV. Do you? Yeah, like a 42 inch, yeah. So hang it up here, hook it in the computer so like when Pat's going over a news article or we're doing something like this, we can click on it and we could all see what we're looking at Okay. up on the wall. That'd be cool, don't you think? Yeah, I like it. And so we could all we can all kind of see what's going on. So that's one idea. So you got something, Pat? Yeah. What do you think I'm going to do next? This is the one. This is the one uh, I think that scares me the most. Oh, the eels or not eels? What do they call it? Sea lamprey. Yeah, sea lamprey. Uh, a great lakes invader. Now we talked about this one last week, but uh, I mean, I just lightly got into Pat it. Pat hasn't slept since he found out about no, this. No, that's not true. <laughs> I'm gonna get a sea lamprey tattoo. I'm, Pat. I'm definitely gonna put some steel bracelets on my ankles though if I go walk. I'm gonna get like a toy version and stick it to the side of his truck. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, yeah, you can cover up the dent. I got rocked. Oh so yeah. Some kids threw a rock in my car we can cover up the dent with that but uh um no this is definitely uh, a great lakes invader um i've got one thing that the impact of these little guys uh they make this wound that looks kind of looks like a cigarette burn on the side of yeah fish. like a big cigar burn is what i would have said so see in the 1940s um well th- let me start with this before sea lampreys were a huge problem uh, the average harvest of, you know, all of your Great Lakes fish like trout, you know, I can go, there's a million species, but uh, it's 15 million pounds. But in the 60s, it got down to 300,000. Okay, but I, I do want to say too, is they cracked down on, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, commercial fishing. So yeah. that's also, so it, there's not as many people doing it for money. Um, it's more of a recreational thing now. But a lot of the fish that they caught that year um, didn't, you know, sea lamprey doesn't kill every fish, right? 
but it devastates the population because they're they're just like giant leeches. Yeah. And uh, but eighty five percent of the fish that they caught um, were not killed by the sea lamprey, but they had that wound. Yeah. You know that looks like a nasty uh, cigarette burn. But the good news is, is they're very, you know, until they evolve, of course. But uh, until until they evolve from it, they they put this um, lampricide. I, I'm tr- I was trying to say that word right, but a lampricide. So it's like basically like a pesticide for their larva to kill yeah. the larva off in the water. So, so they're actively trying to get rid of these. You're saying, yeah, because they they are an invasive species. I can't I can't for the life of me uh, figure out where they came from. But uh, the first one was reported in 18, 1835 in Lake Ontario. Um, are we sure they're invasive then? I mean, what? I mean, I know they're annoying and they're they're bad for populations. But what? I mean, they they might not be invasive. I mean, if they can't figure out where they came from, who's to say they weren't here? Well, I mean, 1835, I, I don't know. But th- they could do that with, um, you know, like DNA tracing and stuff like that. You know, where were they oh, coming up before? I know. But I mean, if they've been here since 1835, is it invasive? You know, I, I you know, granted, I guess some of the plants, the one I reported on last week, came in 1700. Uh, where did I have that? But, I mean, would you rather go catch, you know, lake trout and, like, cohos in – the Great Lakes, or would you rather catch these little squiggly bass? Oh, it was the starling. Starling came in the 1700s. So. I caught a carp once when, up in Wisconsin when I was a kid, and I remember one of like the old-timers there. I think I said this last week, but, oh, that's a sea lamprey. you got to kill it. And I remember looking at this thing, and it was ugly as sin. And uh, I remember trying to step on it, stomp on it, try and kill this, this whatever it is, eel thing. It, it wouldn't die. It just kept wiggling. Finally, we just threw it in a trash can. But uh, the other thing, too, when they latch onto these fish, they have like an anticoagulant that – just like leeches, where the blood won't clot and fill up the wound, it'll actually just keep pulling the blood out of them. Are they considered is, an eel, or what are they considered? I'm uh, not sure. I'm going to say that. I'm going to guess. I should say that they're an eel. You know, they yeah. they got to be. I mean, what else? What what else would they fit into? You, you know, know, scientists haven't confirmed how eels actually reproduce yet. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, Google it. How do how do eels reproduce? There's there's very strong theories, but. No evidence. No verification of it. Right. And the one Achilles heel, like you were saying, you're trying to stop on one, their skeletons are made of cartilage. So yeah. they're very flexible, and wow. they don't have a jaw. So it's not easy to stop them. I'd be curious if they're actually – I know we say they're invasive, but, I mean, invasive means they came from somewhere else. I, I'm wondering if these things are even invasive. I mean, technically humans would be invasive then. Right. right. But, I, mean, I mean, Europeans to America are invasive, you know. 1835, so that means that, you know, like, Illinois was already a state. So I'm sure they were watching stuff. And, like, you know, the lake was obviously used as a great resource. That's why, you know, a place like Chicago gets so big and stuff like that. So um, if they didn't see one until 1835. Yeah, but, I mean, the city of Chicago wasn't around that long. I mean, 1871, it burned down. 1893 was the World's Fair. So, I mean, you're talking 40 years, 50, 60, 70 years before any of that stuff. How many people actually went out there on a boat and fished it like they do now, you know? And the other thing, too, is back then, it wasn't the fishing that we know now. The salmon were stocked. The steelhead were stocked. There was none of the fish, like how we fish it now. It wasn't the case. I mean, even 50 years ago, it wasn't like that. So I'm just saying that maybe maybe they're not invasive is all I'm saying. But uh, they, they've been around um, 340 million years. They're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, they got it figured out. Suck the blood out of the side of these things, and and they make are it. Uh, native to the Atlantic Ocean, so they've adapted to you know more freshwater stuff. So I mean, 
Same Orange Channel didn't exist. So they are they are native to Atlantic, you're yeah. saying. Oh, okay. Uh you want me to go? Yeah. Go for it. That's that's the that was my biggest one. So this nightmare. one this one is a problem, but not really. It's the rusty crayfish. Man, you gotta end on something good. Did, something, did I break something? I don't know why. Pat just bonked the light. All right, so freshwater crustacean believed they were transported by fishermen who were using them as bait. They can be identified by the circular rusted patch just before the tail. Native to the Ohio Ohio River Basin. So that's what I mean. They're not that invasive, yeah. you know. I mean, they're native to just a few hundred miles, you know, east of here. They have been found in 20 other states, including Wisconsin. So we haven't even really found them in Illinois yet. They just kind of, they reported the big problem is Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota. Oh, Wisconsin reported that they are in 860 bodies of water throughout the state. They eat a lot of vegetation as well as animal matter. So I'm guessing that means dead fish. Dead fish. You know, but uh, they actually, so that's just kind of the brief thing. They did say that these things can go through uh, like seaweed beds and get rid of like any kind of area that like a smallmouth would spawn in, they can eat all the vegetation out of it. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know how big of a problem this actually is, but they are invasive, so I figured I'd say it. You know, I got a list of things I wanted to talk about. This was one of them. But I imagine they're also food for those smallmouth. They got to. I mean, I fly fish. I got patterns. There's They make lures. Rapala's got crankbaits that sit there and scrub the bottom. I've had, and, I've had some of the best luck with rattle traps, crawfish color. Yeah, right. And uh, they make flies where they tie them backwards, so the claws, you know, they're away from where you tie the line. Oh, yeah. And you jerk them along the bottom, and, yeah, and you catch lots of smallmouth with them, especially in rocky areas. And so, yeah, but oh. rusty crayfish, you know. So what's – was there any, like, super specific identifier? Uh, like yeah, there was a, a circular – there was a circular spot above the – right where the tail connects. Oh, okay. And uh, it's like a rust color. That's how they – I guess that's why okay. they named them. But, I mean, they're, they're native to Ohio. Which isn't, I mean, if we did something a little bit bigger in this podcast, it wouldn't be that invasive then. No. You know? No, but, I mean, invasive to hear. And if somebody's, you know, concerned enough to actually bring it to the public's attention, then, you know, it might be a problem. So that's all I have for the list. Yeah. Uh, one thing we did not talk about. What was one thing we didn't talk about today? Mm, I don't know. You got me. This new table. Oh. So, yeah, we were a little more official. Uh, I built this table. Would you guys like it, or you should take I a like picture it. of it and put it on the on the website? Kel was doing something with the documenting of it. Oh, okay, um, so, yeah. I still I might do another layer to glaze. I haven't decided. I, what do you guys think? Of, so there's a stand I put in the middle. I actually used I used the side of a wooden spool that holds wire, and I, I used I like existing it. holes that hold up this little stand that we clamp our microphones to. But I feel like it's like in the way or something. I mean, what do you guys think? I like it. It's I, the bush I, I light like holder. It. I don't feel like it's in the way. No, no, no. Yeah, I think it it's gives fine. you a place to mount the mics and uh, you know, a place for bush to Bill's bush light. Yeah. But this eventually is going to go over here. We're going to start decorating this to be a little more uh, fitting our theme. You know. Right. So if you guys have any ideas for wall art, I was going to start. So I got a couple of fishing things. I have. I showed you the beef one. But like I was thinking, Pat, if you see something for bow hunting that you like or something like that, you know, and then uh, we're, I figure we're going to start doing all different kinds of things on the walls, but decorate it. I've uh, got an old left-handed bow that you can have. I have, so I have an old fiber or fiberglass bamboo rod. Remember the bamboo rod? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to go up on the wall with, I have an old reel up here somewhere on the one thing already. I think I it's saw. up here. Oh, you've got oh, a shed too. There. I have the shed. That actually might end up going to the baby's room. Um 
But so I'm actually, oh, there it is. There's a red reel right next to the side stab. You see the side stab up there? Yeah. It's a spring-loaded uh, flyer reel. It's antique. I've had it for like 20 years. I've got I've got an idea for decoration. Yeah. How about like a nice buck mount? Uh, yeah, if yeah. I could just shoot one. You know? <laughs> actually, Kel, Kel made it very, she, she laid it out on the line for me. She says it has to go in the living room if I get it. Oh, she said that, huh? Yeah, she said that. So... I, so I'm gonna have to shoot two big bucks, you know. Yeah. And so one's gonna go, well, I guess three, because she says she wants one above the bed too. Well, I thought She's you were gonna. gonna put, <laughs> I thought you were gonna yeah. put a noose, a moose on on the bed. A moose or uh, yeah, something like that. Nice something, big moose. Maybe you know the one thing she would just cry over is if I, it was like a brown bear. Nice brown know? bear. So yeah. Maybe we'll go find a brown bear out west and put it on my wall. <laughs> oh, oh god. I could I could just picture the look on her face as we're talking about this right now. She wants no wall mounts. She won't even she doesn't even want to fish. So it'd be cool. Big old fish. Yeah. You know, big old something. Musky. I don't know if I do a wall mount. I, I think maybe I'd take the antlers and do, you know, one of the like the wooden mounts. Like where I I, I don't know what they call them, but you just take the antlers and yeah. basically bolt it to My it. first big, if it's eight pointer or bigger, is gonna be a full head mount for yeah. sure. It's not gonna be down to the shoulders, but it's gonna be the head for sure. Then, then after that, we'll see. They got the freedom mounts. Everyone's calling them now. They used to call them European mounts. Get it? But we're calling them freedom mounts now. So it's just the skull. So they boil the skull and leave the antlers in it. Yeah. And so those are kind of cool. So we're gonna coin that as the uh, freedom mount. Fifty inch muskie for me. Fifty inch muskie would be sweet. That'll you be know? for me. That would be a good. That'd be a good find. Yeah, but what's kind of messed up is like when you get a if you get a fifty inch muskie, they're not gonna stuff it. They're just gonna make you a replica of that fish. Well, actually, I mean that's what I would do anyway. I wouldn't even keep it. I would I'd take pictures and measurements and might well, even do it. Might even do it if I get a forty eight. I'll probably even do it for a forty eight. Wasn't John saying that you you're supposed to keep a fifty inch fish because you're technically culling the species because that fish isn't reproducing anymore. It's just right. He was saying fish. like like I remember asking you remember pat john detloff yeah and uh, oh, I, I, remember, I remember i asked him how many 50 inches have you caught he says none and uh i'm like really you've been up here this long and you haven't caught any 50 inches he's like saying that's like saying a seven foot person and he says they're there but they're not common the, the yeah. normal species just doesn't grow to be 50 inches but the one thing he told me and bill the one time is he says if you do get a 50 incher you better keep it we're like really i would i'd feel terrible about it. he says don't feel bad about keeping a 50 inch fish because, like you said, they're not reproducing. They're eating a lot of food. A fish that big is eating a lot of food, and they're taking it from the smaller ones. Right. And so pretty much, yeah, you're you're calling the, the herd, you know, yeah. of, of muskies. So he said, do not feel bad about keeping a 50-inch fish. I want to ca- catch a tiger muskie so bad. He got one. I got one. Little guy, like only 32 inches. Yeah, I'd still be very happy with that. It fought. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, something, what, what happened? We had a hard time getting that in the boat. Was it, oh the net was tangled on a bunch net was of all stuff. tangled yeah remember it was it was first thing in the morning I think it was like the second to last day or the last day maybe I remember it was a cold gray morning yeah real cold windy morning and uh, yeah hit on a topwater and yeah the net was all tangled up in I think probably, knowing me probably all my lures I forget I forget I remember you're like uh, you fought him out. You're like, you got a second, you know? And I remember like trying to get, I, I was trying to free something out of that net so it would come free. But yeah, that was a good striped tiger muskie. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun. And my, my, my muskie was a Great Lakes, which is like par for the course now. Yeah. So. Well, that's just like a, a Wisconsin looking muskie, gray, yeah. you know, with a dark back. Yeah, um, just, you know, they're very plain. I want one of the ones with like the really defined bars. Yeah, like rainbows, yeah. you know? I just. And like a tiger has like the super duper defined yeah. bars, you know. So the podcast is expanding. So just remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. 
Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Go check us out online at whistlemissionoutdoors.com. I just came out with a new video of a review of a backpack that I carried all last year, that you guys all watched me carry all yep. last year. So I, I have a quick review on that. I'm just trying to up my video game a little bit, so that'll be on the website. And anything else to add? How do I get a free fly? So, so a free fly, there's this whole thing. You can get a free fly that would normally cost you anywhere between 15 and 20 bucks from a fly shop. All you got to do is go on the website and watch the video, how to get a free fly. But pretty much what it boils down to is podcast ideas. I'll give you that clue. It comes up to it with podcast ideas. And what about that one you were talking about, like some sort of like fishing trip? or You could win a fishing tournament. Um, all you really need to come up with is your time off. And we're going to camp it, and it's going to be in October, and it's a fly fishing musky tournament. And the boat is powered by two five-horse motors. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pat will be on the sticks, and he will be rowing. And me, you'll actually watch me and him argue about everything the entire weekend. So Literally. it's a lot of fun. Literally <laughs> everything. <laughs> they will argue about everything. If you don't go exactly where Jim was thinking, it's a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to, like, get, like, a Bluetooth connection or something. So it's actually hysterical. So if anything, the comedic value... Is that a word? Comedic? Comedic? Yeah, comedic value. Comedic value will be up there to watch me and Pat in a boat for a weekend trying to win a tournament. It's not even really about winning. It's about doing it. You know, it's just about being part of it. And you put your hat in that or no? Yeah. So, oh, one update I meant to tell you guys. So last week I brought up the Illinois Yak Pack. Yeah. So the day I did that, uh, there was a thing about a giveaway they had. I won. Really? Yeah, I got to meet up with the guy. He hasn't messaged me yet uh, as of the time of this recording. But he did some little giveaway. He even posted the raffle thing, you know. What'd you, what'd you win? I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a yak pack, I guess. You know, like it's a package of stuff or whatever. Cool. So I haven't seen it. But, yeah, so those guys, yeah, I, I joined. I, I just put in my hat in there, and, and I won. So, yeah, awesome. We should cool. do, like, a like a fundraiser for some sort of charity related to the outdoors. We should do that. Like, I, like we buy a backpack or something like that, you know? Oh, I'd be down. We'll, we'll come up with ideas. The problem is I've just been working so much. I'm, I'm starting to bite off more than I could chew. I want to have these T-shirts where you can buy them to represent us. And it's just going to be covering the cost. I'm not making money on this stuff, you right. know? It'll be off of Printify, so it's drop shipping, you know? But uh, we did get the suggestion to make one that says sleepy pat i thought that was good because how many times have you slept through everything <laughs> he did not mm. like that <laughs> Sleepy pat. that was uh that was bud's idea yeah uh, but he did not like the look i'm judging by looking at his face he didn't like that one <laughs> i won't wear a sleepy pat shirt pat i would and uh i wear proud <laughs> i will go around and find all of you <laughs> <laughs> during the muskie tournament you know anyway that's all I have this week. Anything else from you guys? No, appreciate you having me on again. Oh, thanks for coming. Two weeks in yeah, a row, bro. huh? Yeah, let's make it three. Yeah, make I'm it down. three. Yeah. So, Pat's and got another stand coming, so you're going to be next time you'll be talking on one of these. Cool. And uh, we're, we're going to get another mic, so it'd, it'd be nice to get four in here. You know, I have a whole conversation going. Yeah. So, all right, that's it, right? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you. you.